Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with myself, Roy Shanahan, and from thebigkickoff.com, it's Nathan Doyle. Now, Dundalk's third game in the Europa League was away in Vienna tonight, and unfortunately they went down 4-3 to the Austrian side. Nathan, it's a disappointing result, especially how the game was going and Dundalk's best performance so far in the group stages. Oh, yes, they'll be, they'll be bitterly disappointed with this one. Like they go in and get an early goal and really set the pace against the nervy um, Vienna side too. I don't know about you, but I thought he came out. It's not that the occasion got to them, but he sort of knew this was a game that they were tipped to win. And for me, in the fourth half an hour especially, they really looked like they were on edge a little bit. And for hoping to go out and get an early goal in the first 10 minutes, they really rattled the cages. And then to hand off to, to, to a draw going into half time was absolutely brilliant for them. Obviously, look, we know it was a mental last 15 minutes or so. But um, like you can go on and say and give them all the credit you can. I mean, which, which I will. I'll hold my hands up and say the performance they put out was fantastic. It really was. And for the most part, you have nothing, nothing to be ashamed of, really. I know there's no use to them. Dark fans listening at the moment. They'd be disappointed with the scoreline. But the performance overall, for the most part, was, 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 was excellent. And uh, some dark side of things they were really competitive and they showed, they showed a bit of fight, which that's all we've been asking for for a League of Ireland club to do when you go into the group stages. So to see what the dark one is brilliant. But yeah, to be pretty disappointed with the results considering uh, how close it was. Yeah, I think it's the manner they played in. They got the ball down, they played it, they... They got into areas and counter-attacks as well that uh, were dangerous. They had opportunities to, to score more goals. It was a real good game because it was going from end to end. Albeit, I think the, the Austrian side did have more possession and maybe it were in Dundalk's final third a little bit more than Dundalk, but... You know, this you've seen teams go, you know, play with twenty percent possession and, and and win two nil. So it's I thought they played really, really well. I thought Chris Shields was unbelievable. He he was all over the pitch. He was calm. He was strong. His possession was simple at times. He drove the team on. He got blocks in. He was immense in the game. And uh, yeah, I thought I thought there was uh, Huben. I thought did really really well. I I was unsure whether, you know, was he dropping his standards? I thought he did really really well. Not just for the goal. The goal probably probably goal was probably a keeper mistake really. But he did great to get up above the defender. Showed some strength. Got the header in. But he worked really hard. He linked up with Duffy really really well. So I thought overall they they played really well. I I think you know you look at Vienna there. They probably thought this was. Are going to be a handy three points and they talked about it before the game they were looking to get all six points uh, from these two games to set them up and they, I think they'd be having when they got come to Dublin I think they'd be thinking twice about how easy this game might be Yeah um, look when in the group stage you can't underestimate anybody and like I said I really think they look nervous coming out because I think it sort of got them a little bit like oh, we're really expected to win this game and not only win it win it comfortably because you look at every time it's, um, it's even like Arsenal fan TV or something had it up really like when they're playing Dundalk like who is Dundalk it's sort of an unknown entity 
to a lot of people in this group so that everyone's expecting to beat them handy enough. But in fairness to the lads, they showed it. They showed tonight, like I said, for me, Chris Shavers won the match with Claire. They showed that he can't be competitive. All right, the result wasn't what he wanted, but they're showing that they're comfortable in, at, this, uh, at this level, that they're willing to get the ball down and play decent football, and they're willing to have a go at teams. And I tell you what, when Dundalk gets these back to, to Dublin, it's game on. They won't fancy this at all, I don't think. No, let's get straight to the main talking point, I suppose, which was the change in between the posts. Gary Rogers left out. Why do you think that was? I'm not sure why that was. Um, obviously, look, when you first see it, you initially think injury, but no, it wasn't done. Look, the old saying, obviously, a manager lives and dies by decisions, and uh, it, it didn't go according to plan. It's not, it's not at all, did it really? Scotland as well, they were missing the White Hall. was another big loss at the back of them. But uh, Materi's in goal. You do fear for the guy, yeah, to a certain extent, you know. I, 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 this is such a big, big night for him, personally, I'm sure. And for me, he was at fault for probably for all four of the goals, really. He had an absolute stinker. He's, he's the main, if you look online, he's the main person that's getting pointed out as probably the cause of the defeat, really. Yeah, and I want to I want to step in there, Nathan. Sorry, I want to step in there because I was reading the forums and the groups from majority of League of Ireland fans who were slating McCary and pointing the finger at him for Dundalk losing the game, which is a big, big thing. I think it's a bit yeah. unfair, and I'm going to go through why I think it's unfair. For every goal that McCary is getting blamed for, there's probably an opportunity, and there was opportunities for his teammates to do a better job. And that doesn't mean that I don't think he could have done better in some of the situations. I do think that. But I think it's easy for people to pick out the keeper and, and slate him straight away. So I'm going to go through the goals. The first goal, on two occasions, not one, but on two occasions, Leahy had opportunities to ease the pressure on the defence unit but didn't even reach the halfway line when he was clearing the ball. Passed it up the line. He wasn't even close. And he gave it straight back to their player on both occasions. When Lubridge received the ball from 30 yards out, not one player went out to press him. Not one. Slogger actually was the nearest player and he stood off him. So that's three moments in the first goal that could have prevented Vienna receiving the ball in a goal scoring or a shooting opportunity. Now, I do think the goalkeeper could have done better with the shot. I'm not saying yeah. that, but what I'm saying is there's three opportunities there where people who are giving out about the keeper haven't decided to put their finger down and say, listen, actually, we had three occasions here where we could have stopped this. Second goal, when the ball was whipped into the back post and the shot hit the target, it came back flying across the keeper. McCary pushed it away only for the Rapid Vienna striker to finish with a diving header. But the problem was, where was his marker? Clearly was three or four yards away, jogging back in. And why aren't people having to go with him? Because it's easy to lash the keeper yep. over. All right. And he was three or four yards jogging. This not three or four yards sprinting back in. The third goal. No doubt about it. When the keeper comes off the line, 100% he needs to come out and get the ball. 100%. All right. So you make that decision. You have to get the ball. But when you see a line, this came from the corner. The corner was whipped out to the edge of the box. Defensive line pushed up. When you see a defensive line push up and they only push up seven yards just outside your six-yard box, when they could have pushed up probably twice that because the ball wasn't just on the edge of the box. The ball was on about 25 yards out. The defensive line was poor anyhow. It was jagged. There was, there was I think there was two players dropped back behind the line and the marking was absolutely nil. So when you look at that there's the def defensive organisation that was pretty poor now again I say it 
Keeper comes out, he has to claim it. He probably should have stayed in his yeah. line. And your man had a free header. They'd be probably slating him down because he didn't come off come off his line. But again, I said it's easy to slate only the keeper and not one person that I have seen has slated uh, any any other players. The fourth goal, it's easy to lay the line and the goalkeeper on this one because it's a decent shot. It bounces up just in front of McCarry's hand. If you go back thirty seconds though, with Mountney on the right hand side of the, he had the ball on the right hand side of the box, of the Vienna box. And instead of crossing the ball, and this is the 3-2 down, instead of crossing the ball into the back post, he decides to hit a shot low and hard. Now, they said on the, on the telly, oh, he's trying to pass it through, drill it through as a pass. He wasn't. He was trying to throw, uh, hit a shot. And it was intercepted. And Rapid Vienna, I, have a, I, I actually think Rapid had a, a rapid counter-attack, which leads, to, which leads to the goal, basically. So why aren't people asking questions about these players and, and, and just making a scapegoat out of the goalkeeper Gary Rogers last week against Arsenal made a huge blunder in the first game and, and no one was calling yeah. him out for that and that was the first goal that sort of brought on that second goal straight away I'm not slating Gary Rogers, but what I'm saying is people need to look at why they're slating someone so badly just to make him the only excuse for Dundalk losing and it wasn't I'm not going around saying Oh, these players were terrible. These were just individual mistakes or opportunities for them to stop these goals, to stop that pattern of play building up for these situations to happen. So I think that when you look back at the game, could McCarthy done better in, in some instances? Yes. But was he totally to blame for it? I don't think so. And also, when you look at the game, Dundalk got two penalties and the first goal was a a header that wasn't even that great and the keeper should have saved it. He should have saved the first penalty as well. It was a, it was a desperate penalty that was uh, Macmillan took. So Dundalk got three goals. I think Dundalk look now at this game and in the next game and go, you know, we can do something here. We, we could even get three points off these back at home if we organise ourselves. Will he go for Rodgers in goal? Quite possibly now. He might look at it and go, right, I want that experience there. But that doesn't mean Rodgers is not going to mess up. Yeah, look, excellently put. It really, really was a great point well made. Um, I think it's just like it echoes what you said. I think it's just easy sometimes, isn't it? Just to blame the goalkeeper and not actually look back at the play, at the build-up of the goal. And it's just, like I said, scapegoat. It really is. But I'd be surprised not to see Rogers, um playing the next game. I think if McCleary was to play and he did make a blunder or just, just anything wrong for leading up for goal, I think that would be him well and truly screw it. I think he'd be you would never get off the hook for that one. Like we can all, to a certain extent, we can all look at a bad game and give someone a little bit of lenience. But McCarry isn't getting much lenience here. But you can sort of understand it. But if he was to go out and make a mess of something in the next game, then that'd be a forget about it. But um, yeah, look for me, as it was bad form, and you can't shave it up anyway. Like keeper had a poor game on both sides. Both goalkeepers mm-hmm. in this game had a poor game. But I think, like I was mentioning at the start of this point that um, I think he really missed Gartland tonight. I think Brian Gartland was, was badly missed tonight in, in that back, just for the organisation and the experience alone. Like, he might not be the player he once was, he's getting on a little bit now, he's never the most pacey player in the world, but for the most part, he's, he's slowing down a bit, but he still has a lot to give this Dundalk team, and I think he looks he looks stronger as an outfit, not even at the back, just overall, when Brian Gartland is in that team. Do you think it was because he wasn't playing a back three, where he feels 
Gartland can be covered uh, by two other centre backs where it's a it's it's a back four with two centre halves. He thinks maybe his pace is going to get cut out. I think it was more so when he looked at the the couple of games, uh, especially Molder, when even like going forward, we said here like the, the big thing about them dark in Europe at the moment has been the lack of pace all over the pitch really. So I think. I think we just seen as we put someone like Sean Hall in uh, ahead of him. We have Darryl Lee on the left hand side too. Just younger guys with a probably probably more more of an engine and more leg really than anything else. And I think just the formation that he laid out suited people like that more than Gatlin tonight. Listen, they they they've performed this is their best performance in the group so oh, far by a mile. Uh, they they looked dangerous. They looked threatening. Um, and uh, car substitutes come on and made a huge difference and it's great I think it's five substitutes that are allowed to use in, in the, the Europa League and it does help um, especially when you're maybe if you're on, on on the back foot a little bit you're working hard and uh, as, as Dundalk were at times uh, working hard in around their box but uh, yeah, I definitely think they can go on and get some, get some points out of this. If it's not in the Vienna game, I think in the Molde game that they can definitely do it. Whether they will or not is another thing. But it shows you then, it, it makes me more excited to see how Shamrock Rovers get on next year in the Champions League or, or Europa League. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, like I said, look, it's just nice to see an Irish team go and be competitive and have a go and play decent football. Like, like we can say all the time, like, the result is disappointing. But if some dark fans, like the North fans wake up tomorrow, they will be disappointed. But if you look back in the game, there's a lot to be proud of. As a League of Ireland fan and as a Dundalk fan, there really is. And like you said, look, Shamrock Rovers next year with the strength of depth that they have, they're, just, they're always going to strengthen, they're always going to bring new people in. So they're going to add, a, add to that squad that they already have there. That's going to be a really exciting proposition to see how they get on. It, like, no one's expecting to get to the Champions League stages, but if you get into the Europa League, brilliant. It would be great to see how competitive they can be because on the day, it just, this Dundalk team is very good. The Dundalk team of a couple of years ago, in my opinion, is better than what this team here. But that's what I've always seen at the moment. is absolutely fantastic. So to see what they can do next year is very exciting. Yeah. And uh, I suppose when you're in these games, you need to take your opportunities. Duffy in the first half had a 1v1 with the keeper. Sluggett had a, a header, free header from five or six yards and stuck it wide. And this, these are just the things you have to learn. You cannot ta- miss these opportunities and you can't give opportunities if you want to win points in games. OK, right, we'll leave that one at that. Uh, Nathan, Euro 2020 games possibly not happening in Dublin anymore. What's that all about? Yeah, it's a strange one now. It's, um, it's actually it's the French media have seen to pick this one up and it's been obviously filtering out down across other countries. Look, as we know, your 2020 was delayed. It was due to take place this summer across um, 12, Euro- 12 different European cities and Dublin being one of them. But as we know, it got postponed and it's pushed out to 2021. But it was still go ahead as your 2020 because, you know, marketing. Um, but it's, it's Coming out, it's better to filter out a little bit. Uh, obviously, look, not confirmed. The uh, UEFA have not confirmed nor denied it. And they're saying this is only a backup plan, just in case. So, which is, we're not saying it's not going to happen, but it's just, you know, they're covering all bases. There's a word now that your 2020 will be solely happening in Russia if the COVID situ- situation doesn't improve. Obviously, you picked uh, Russia because they have experience hosting the World Cup back in 2018. 
And as far as latest COVID um, infection rates go, the numbers in Russia are, are pretty low. And it's believed that they were also looking at Azerbaijan to be uh, to be to, to be contenders to to hold your 2020. But there's an ongoing military conflict with Armenia that's preventing this to happen. So yeah, it's um, it's obviously Rutgers worrying as sports fans and as football fans. It'd be fantastic to see uh, your 2020 come to Dublin. And just for the occasion alone, but also for the revenue that it brings into the country, it'd be great to see it happen. And I'd be disappointed if it doesn't go ahead. But if if I'm a football fan listening in, I'd say, look, not to worry at the moment. A lot of the word coming out is that this isn't concrete plans, that this is only UEFA covering all bases, just in case it, it, a decision has to be made. More than it's like you're not going to hear an announcement next week saying, oh, your 2020 is happening in Russia. It's just, you know, they're just starting to cover themselves now as things are getting closer to the tournament. Okay, uh, Mick McCarthy, he has a new position in Cyprus, Apoel Nicosia. Uh, what do you make of that one? Um, it's a bit of a strange one, isn't it? I have to say, it's a bit of a strange one for me. Uh, look, it's good to see Mick back in, into management. Um, very good manager, plenty of experience. I thought he'd done well at Ireland. I, I, I like Mick as, as I'm probably doesn't set out the team. It's the most, probably teams are the most enjoyable to watch. But look, he's joining up with it with a, a very accomplished uh, Applewell side in Cyprus. They're regulars in the Champions League and Europa League group stages now, especially in the 2010s. You can see them popping up most years in the 2010s in the group stages of major European competitions. He finished third last season, uh, four points off the top. And this actually brought a, a, a win and run. They, they won seven league titles in a row, so they'd be disappointed with that. But they'll also be disappointed with the start this season. They currently uh, sit 10th in the league with nine points from the opening eight games. So you can see why they wanted to change in guard, really, and why they wanted to change the manager. So hopefully Mick McCarthy is the man for them to go in and to steady the ship in a way. And obviously, look, they'll have aspirations to be top of the table and get themselves back in the Europe. So... It'd be, great, good, it'd be good for Mick to, to see, see Mick McCarthy go in and possibly pick up some silverware and get himself into a European competition himself. You'll have to work hard straight away because um, McCarthy is the club's third manager in 11 months and they're 11th in five years. And in that time, they've had a German, a Portuguese, a Georgian, a Dane, a Dutchman, a Greek, another Portuguese, an Italian, another German, a Norwegian and now an Irishman. He is the second international from or, or ex-international from Ireland to manage there. Ronnie Whelan had two stints over in Cyprus and... He was quoted saying, I got the club into Europe and then got sacked. It came to a head when I had to get the police escort to my car every game. So, yeah, he he, he needs to hit the ground running. He does, yeah. Like I said, look, this, this is a club with obviously high aspirations. They used to used to win in silverware and they used to be in Europe. Uh, you always have to question a club when they have a revolving door system. There's obviously something at the club that, that isn't right. When you see, like, look, like Wade said, when you when you see clubs winning titles and getting into European competition, and they're still soccer managers, there's there's something a little bit iffy there, isn't there? When when you hear a club doing that, yeah, it's 
it's very Wofford, isn't it? I suppose. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't like seeing it, um, yeah. and I I don't ever think it's a, a recipe for success. You need to have some sort of stability. Yeah. So hopefully they can let Mick do that, and I, I I've no doubt that he'll do a good job there because Mick's always done a good job. And of course, his mate uh, Terry Connor, of course, he's gone with him as well. I think he's been at the assistant. Well, that's his left arm. He can't go without the left arm. Oh you know. I, no, he can't. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I, I just the first night I looked up I was like Mick's gone to Applewell I was like one second one second ah yeah Terry's going as well nice man good man Terry First Division playoffs are going to be played this week it'll be between uh, Galway and Longford and it, they, they were surprised first of all I was going to say they were surprised results but it was a surprise that Galway were in there in the first place Nathan and secondly for us because we kind of thought that UCD with their with their goal scoring ability, might be able to see this one through and 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 make it all the way through to the playoffs uh, against the Premier Division team. Um, they got beaten. They did, yeah. Uh, me and you looked a bit silly, didn't we? We think we both said we fancied uh, UCD to, to to beat Longford, but yeah, it just wasn't wasn't meant to be. But, um, I I just I just felt with their goal scoring record, they'd have enough to go into this game, and they just. With Longford, he had a bit of a spluttering end uh, to that campaign. So for me, when they have a, when they come up to something like the playoffs, you're always sort of fancying the team that's on a run of form, that not necessarily is sitting second or sitting third. It's the team that could actually could have even sneaked into the playoffs that usually do well because they're the team on a bit of a roll. So for me, it was a poisonous to usually uh, get beaten by, uh, by, like, look, by a decent Longford team. But especially at home, I thought. Uh, because he had him in the UCD ball, it's hard to see them. They come, they come out and get themselves to the final. But look, it wasn't meant to be. And the late down ball, born goal, um, set Longford on the way. And in fairness, it, it was it was a very enjoyable game to watch. And it seems at the end tells it all how much it means to Longford Town. But yeah, the big story is for Galway, isn't it? It's look, it's been such a dramatic first division season. But even when the season finished. There's more drama to come. Well, it'll be an interesting final and hopefully uh, I'd love to see one of those two teams get promoted. It'd be, yeah. it'd be great to see some new blood up there again in, in the Premier Division. Fans questions. What fans questions have we got? Yeah, we have. Uh, we always have a weekly fan questions coming in. Look, as, as always, thanks everybody that sent them in. We really do appreciate them. Keep them coming. There's always um, a good dynamic of questions coming in from different people and different supporters throughout the country. If you want to send in questions, just you can follow the big kickoff on any of our social media platforms. And look, keep them coming because we do enjoy enjoy reading them at the end, and it always makes for good discussions. I think. So we'll get started. A first one is from Imelda Delaney. I believe this is Imelda's second or third question, in fairness. Imelda always gets the government interest. So, Imelda says, obviously, with David McGoldrick's um, recent international retirement, they think, what now for Ireland? What, how, what, what are Ireland going to do in terms of goal scoring? And are you surprised to see David McGoldrick prefer from international football? Well, I have to say, when I seen it, I was shocked. It's probably not the right word, but I, it, was, it was out of blue. I didn't. I didn't expect it. I thought that he'd be sticking around. He's thirty-two. Maybe, maybe he thinks now. Well, if I don't, if I don't rest, I'm not gonna get my game time at the, in in the Premier League. It's two more years. It's thirty-four for a World Cup. Will I even get selected then? If I if I do stay around, so you know, he's probably thinking. You know, these games that are coming up now and. Uh, just before if it was a playoff game obviously he'd be there but these games coming up the three games does he need to be playing 
when he could be resting and he could be getting you know getting prepared for Sheffield United and he's probably just loads of players do that so I'm not, I'm not surprised at all by that um, his goal scoring record isn't great you know it's not great for Ireland it's not great for Sheffield United but his, his game is built around linking players up getting them involved and you know I suppose he's part of a creating midfield if you look at Firmino for Liverpool now he's not in the same class as that but look at that that's the way he works so he really needs wingers and players off him sort of scoring the goals and he he's kind of the focal point so it's it's a I think it's a big miss for us because other than David McGoldrick I think it's something like 20 games since an, an Irish striker has scored a goal uh, for the Irish team so that's a bit worrying isn't it? Ah, definitely it is. Uh, like yourself, me, me initial reaction was one of surprise. But then, like I said, you look into his age and like just, he, he'd obviously prefer to have a more longevity in his club career. So we can sort of understand that in a way too. But yeah, look, as an Ireland fan, it's it, it, it's very um, disappointing and it's, it's very worrying too because even at that, as we mentioned, Dave McGovern's goal scoring record is not great anyway. But but really just clutching our straws and hoping like a young, younger guy can pop up and step up to the mark now and prove himself as a, as a regular goal scorer. Look, whether that, whether that be Troy Parrott when he comes back from injury and gets, he gets these injury, injury problems under that. I don't know. I haven't seen enough of him. Uh, Aaron Connolly, for me, I think has already shown that he's, he's not a natural goal scorer either. He's a very good player, but I don't think he'd be the man going forward to rely, rely on him for goals. I don't need it. Look again, the sort of jewel we said a little bit out, it's still only early days, but none of them at the moment for me really filling me up with confidence and I can't really see them being the uh, the out now goal scorer that the Ireland international team desperately needs at this stage. And also most of those you've mentioned they're not in the Ireland squad. Uh, you've got the likes of I think Collins is in it, isn't he? Yeah, uh, Collins is up there too. It's look decent player. Yeah. Um he's only he scored the last he scored his actually last game to be I think, didn't he? Yeah, he scored uh, during the week. He did. So yeah, Collins got there. But um, now what I meant with Conley, Ida, and uh, Parrot was just going forward more so rather than in this current squad. I just think they're, they're the three younger guys that a lot of people are talking about as as, as being the, the next not big striker for for the Jordan team. So, but is, for me, is this not Nathan? Nathan, is this not now the future? Like when your main striker, which he is, yeah. was our main striker, does that not mean, okay, well, listen, I'm going to have to start looking at who's the best opportunity. I mean, the World Cup qualifiers, I believe, are starting in the spring. So he's going to have to get, yeah, yeah. he's going to have to get people. So that this is the future. The next few games, even though it's Nations League and a friendly against England, it's still, you know, these are games that you really kind of, if you're going to stick Collins in, is Collins going to be your striker now for the World Cup? Are you are you gonna have uh, Troy Parrott in there? I know he's probably still injured at the moment. I think, isn't he? So, but there, it, there's, yeah, yeah. there's. I don't, I, I don't see much changing for the World Cup qualifiers. So I think in that aspect, he's gonna have to come up with something. It, normally, again, you look at uh, talk about the Firmino thing. He normally brings others in. So the, the wingers normally come in and, and and they chip in the goals and play off him. We're not getting the wingers scoring many goals either. So we're struggling up in the front three altogether. Yeah. And that sort of puts a lot of pressure on us trying to qualify because if you don't score goals, you just don't get through. No, look, it's going to be a hard enough proposition as it is. And like you said, even if you had someone up here that 
that was getting you it was, that was scoring on a regular basis and you had not even that much if you even having a goal to score in every couple of games but wouldn't you have people other people, other people chipping in with goals yeah they're comfortable but look we're at this stage relying on Shane Duffy for the most part to be getting his goals in there in the most recent campaign so the, the omission of David McGoldrick is really worrying that's a good point to make that the future is now and look, these are We've always sort of said that the opportunity for company is good, but yeah, as you said, the uh, the opportunity seems to be now. This is the the time we really need someone to be stepping up and to, to prove that they're, they're ready for that chance to to lead the line for Ireland going forward. Who would you Who would you play in the first game? I suppose if if this was the squad, I mean, there's Collins, Cortis, not really uh, Connolly, McLean, uh, O'Dowd. It's really Adam Eder or Collins at the moment. Who do you play if if that's the case? Uh, out of two of them, I think I'd go with Colin. I think I'd give, give Colin to go. Just he's, uh, he's showing that he's, uh, he's a decent goal scoring record for Lewin uh, at championship level as well. I know Adam Eid is there too, but just if we're going off current form, especially, um, yeah, Colin for me, just to see how he gets on. You never know. Yeah. He's, uh, he looks a good player, he's, he's physical, and he's just, yeah, he looks at something different as well, isn't it? I think that's what I'll admit. Like a different, different face. Yeah, and uh, Maguire and Long, Shane Long left out of the squad. So does that kind of mean that he doesn't really fancy them at all? And uh, well, for definitely for Shane Long, could this be the end of him? I think it could be. Yeah, it, um, I think the big thing for Stephen Kenny is obviously how he had, had his dead to work with the under twenty one. He seems to be interested in bringing the new blood, as it will. So for me, yeah, I think if you look at someone like uh, Shane Long, he didn't get much game time in a couple of games. So, and even when he did, he didn't really do an awful lot to to show Stephen Kelly that he he can trust him for leading the line and getting the goals. And even with Sean Maguire, he came in as a later placement in the last couple of games. So that I think that tells it as well, doesn't it? That he's not the the first choice when it comes to the plan to Stephen Kelly. Yeah, and it's good to see Jack Bourne back in the squad and hopefully he's fully recovered from uh, COVID-19 in in the aftermath. You know, the way it's always lingering tiredness and stuff like that that they talk about. Hopefully he's 100% now and he can can show he'll get game time. It's a triple header, so surely every player is going to get a game. It would be madness not to let every game or player play a game. And that's even probably the, the goalkeepers included. Get them a game out in, in, in these these matches. Okay, yeah. Uh, second question. Yeah, second and final one. Uh, good one here. We got a sent in by uh, John Gilroy, and John wants to know. Well, first of all, John tells us that the National League Executive Committee are inviting clubs who are non-League of Ireland members to express interest in playing in the Fourth Division next season. So, John wants to know who could you see step up and play in the Fourth Division next season? Or is there anybody? In particular, you would like to see step up to the first division. Well, first of all, when I seen this pop up, it was at the start of this month, and the teams who were to apply or show their interest had a matter of days to do it. So they didn't actually give too much time unless they whispered into a few people's ears around the country, listen, this is going to happen, which is quite possible. Um, so yeah, so there wasn't probably too much preparation time, and you need huge preparation. So I say they weren't really asking. You know, I'd say they already know who is interested and who's not interested, and they just have to throw it out there so everyone can have a, a, an opportunity, which most people, most clubs, will not 
do it because it just it costs too much and you get very little back from yeah. it. So uh, who would I like to see? It's a, it's, it's, it's a tough one. I mean, it, there's so many counties out there. I mean, I mean, I, I back in the day, I played for Kilkenny City. I'd love to see Kilkenny City back in it again. I'd love to see them back in it. But uh, yeah. I'd love to see a county that doesn't have a team in the League of Ireland have a team in the League of Ireland. So, yeah, that could be anyone. I think you mentioned to me earlier a, a Mayo team or, or something like that. Yeah, Mayo or uh, Kerry could be a good one too. But it's like, it's like that. It's just a lot of counties there for one reason or another. Not feasibility. Like it's happened in the past. We've seen teams like Monaghan, Kilkenny come into the league and just fall by the wayside. Like it's so expensive to come into the League of Ireland and it's just not feasible for these teams to, to stay to keep their head above water. So, in theory, yeah, a lot of teams, there's a lot of counties, but like you said, Tipperary, Kerry, uh, Mayo could be all good to see them come into the League of Ireland. But look, a lot of them are GAA counties too, and these, especially with Tipperary, they might not have any interest really in going to the football on the on a weekly basis. And it's it's, it's all a calling, and it's all GAA that dominate their um, their childhood um, sports, you know. So it'd be hard to see them really keeping a League of Ireland team um, afloat. Um, I think South Dublin could do with another team, couldn't they? <laughs> another Dublin team. <laughs> well, see, this is the out. thing. Most likely, if if there was going to be a team, it, it probably most likely a Dublin team again. You know, <laughs> they they would have, they would probably have. Although when you look at Cabinteelia, and not slating Cabinteelia at all, but it, it's it's very hard. First of all, you have to get a ground. Cabinteelia don't have a ground, or they're they've got a rugby ground that they play in, so it's. It's not really theirs, so it's not really probably manicured and looked after the way they would like it to be. Um, and of course, then you know they, they probably don't have the fan base because it's it's probably not ideal for for the fans there to to follow them. Um, you know, you really need it in your area. Uh, so yeah, it's 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 a tough one. Ideally, you're looking probably at a former club. Who had everything in place? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're looking at your okay, Mona, your yeah. your Monahans or your Kilkennys or something like that. You know, whoever uh, we all miss Sport and Fingal, don't we? <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good, wasn't it? Yeah, Liam Buckley got the last name. Yeah. And if you look at the squad, the 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 2010 FAI Cup final, wasn't it? Did they play at Sligo Open Palace? Yeah, 2010. Um, it's like the squad of players that he has uh, gone at the time was brilliant, wasn't it? Nah, it was the was a, Liam Buckley. Got, there, there was a load of money thrown at them, wasn't there? And then they decided just oh, to give crazy. up because they didn't win things straight yeah. away, you know. So, like, if I would see, it, look again, it's all if it's feasible, it's feasible or not. I think a lot of League of Ireland fans would look for Limerick come back into the ball. Yeah, for, I forgot about Limerick. Yeah, it'd be great to see Limerick back <laughs> in again. Yeah, no, of course it would. That's what that's what I'm saying, though. Any club that has been there already, you know they have that something behind them to have that experience and uh, give them that shot again. Hopefully not to make the same mistakes that they made previously that led them out of the league. But yeah, um, like we don't need, albeit Shamrock Rovers B were, or two were great, for the league because then there wasn't one team idle you did need someone else you didn't want yeah. to have nine teams but really you don't want to have B teams in, in leagues you know and, and that goes for for anywhere England and all that so you don't need to have these B teams you, you have your one team and that's it no one gets too excited to go and see Shamrock Rovers too maybe bar a few scouts who are looking to try and get a couple of gems but that's it you know I mean it's it's it's, it's a 
it's a dead end if you start going down that route. So you do want the the old clubs uh, back in, or maybe some new club, as you said, Kerry or Mayo or something like that, to 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 jump back yeah. in again. I know they wouldn't, but like it's, it's always like for these sort of teams, you're really looking at local businesses as well to try and help out, and a lot of them just won't, won't go near the League of Ireland. So. I think, look, as you mentioned, I think the best way forward and the most realistic way forward is, is seeing someone like, like a Limerick, for, just for an example, I'm not saying that they'd be the one, but someone like a Limerick to, um, to step back up into the league rather than, look, as, as much as we love to see, like, Torless or Tralee or somebody throw their hat uh, into the rain, I think that would be that would be my guess that you'd see probably Limerick or someone like that come back up. Yep. OK, we're going to finish it off with uh, just something that... You only kind of found about today, I read about it yesterday, was that Airtricity are not going to re- renew their sponsorship. That's going to leave a big hole. Um, did Airtricity do much to help promote the league or did they just slap their name across the top of the league? I think they just slapped their name across the league. And it's not only the SSE. You see um, extra... Isn't it extra? Extra.ie... Poor man's Joe, poor man's Joe, uh, dot EA, extra, that's just the FBI Cup. And EA, look, this, me, the three of the, the major sponsors, we either do much to, uh, to promote the league in general. And that's the main thing we'd, we'd like to see as fans, that the next person that does come in and, uh, and sponsor the league, that they just give it a bit of promotion and just put the name out there better than, than the three current sponsors are, are doing at the minute. Uh, I, I couldn't actually even tell you who the, the next one is going to be. Do, do you have a stab at anybody? No, I didn't get it. It's, it's very hard to pick out anyone. I mean, it's. I mean, it has to be someone. You, you, you'd like to have someone who who has loads of money. The Amazon, <laughs> the, the Amazon uh, football league would be, would be great, and if they all true. A million in for each club or something like that. But other than that, it's it's hard to get sponsorship these days because you know in the times that we're in, you know businesses all businesses aren't doing as well uh, as they they used to as the majority of businesses. So it could be a tricky one for them to try and get something here. A bit like the the golf, which the Irish Open, which has struggled for for years to try and get sponsorship. This could be a tricky one now, especially in this time uh, and age and with the pandemic surrounding so many businesses. It's gonna be Paddy Power, isn't it? <laughs> Would you know what? Paddy Power. So there you go. You've you've hit the nail. On it. If it was a if it was Paddy Power, I don't know if they can. Can they with with bookies? Can a bookies do it? If if they could, they would be the master, wouldn't they? They they would be mad. They'd have yeah. to, people going that, to the games, and you know their social media is just top notch. That's that's the only reason I thought it was just a social media game, and that's anyway. Especially look, you'd like to see. Obviously, an Irish company coming in and sponsoring the Irish League, but you take anybody that's willing to come in with a couple of quid and say they're going to sponsor. I wouldn't care what country they're from. But if you're looking at Irish, uh, Irish companies, Paddy Power would be the one for me, just with their marketing alone and with their, um, just with their, their social media game. And the, the sponsor, Shamrock Rose, here at the moment, you see the banners up in Palace Stadium. So there's obviously a, a little bit of an interest, at least, in the League of Ireland. There is, although they are a bit controversial, and not everything they put up is uh, of the liking of everyone. So, yeah, it, it would it's certainly be a, a, um, a roller coaster ride if they were there, anyhow. But let's see, let's see what happens. Okay, Nathan, we're going to leave it there. We will talk next week. Of course, we'll talk about the the first division playoff, and uh, the, the we're very close to the uh, the end of the league, and of course the FAI Cup. So, yeah, we'll talk to you next week.
Sehr sehr.